dropping the dude logic, the place for no hoes barred, informative and entertaining banter. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm in the studio with AJ. What's going on? Glad to be back for another week. Same as always, man, we value you guys. I mean, you know, everybody who's listening to Dude Logic right now, we love y'all. We feel like y'all are part of the family. Keep interacting with us so we can continue to give you what you want to hear on the show. Uh, we got what we think is a, is a great show today. Um, it's a little bit on the lighter side of things, so we're just going to have fun with it. Chris, what's up, man? How was your week? What you been up to? Not much, man. You know, the semester is ending for lots of colleges and universities, so you see a lot of college kids kind of leaving the big metropolitan areas and going back home wherever they're going. So, you know, me, I'm ecstatic because it's like it means there's parking available. It means if I'm walking around campus or something, I don't have to, you know, sift through multiple students or anything. It's like a great time in life. Oh, man, that's what's up. Oh, I'm glad. You know, when I asked you that question, I wasn't expecting you to give such a, a, a beautiful, colorful answer uh, and, and talk about how... You know, good things are going for you, but I'm glad. Thank you very much, sir. You know, you made my you made my day better by sharing such good news for you. Um, you know, this week has been pretty good for me, man. Uh, I finished the end of a 30 day uh, eating cleanse. Okay. So at the end of it, it's called the the whole 30, which is you know it's a great thing. Um, I would suggest anybody try it if you're looking for something that was going to challenge you a little bit. But I definitely gained some some clarity from it. You know, feel good. Mind is clear. Body's feeling good. And, you know, I'm just was doing it in order to support some of my clients, do something a little different. And, um, you know, it's just the, the ability to be able to stick to something that you start. Like that, that result, that feeling that you get at the end when you're like, all right, I accomplished my goal. You know, it's it's a very... Uh, fulfilling place to be in. So um, that's where I'm at right now. All right. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I mean, with the semester being over, like I said, I've, I've had some time to actually go on social media finally and, okay, you and got look to, at some things. Do some pleasure reading, right? Yeah, yeah, do some pleasure reading. And actually, I ran across something that was pretty cool and wanted to bring it to you to see your opinion on it. Okay, okay. I'm and, all ears, man. Well, it was an article called The Largest Vocabulary in Hip Hop. And it's by this guy named Matt Daniels, who is a data scientist, and he lives in New York. And basically, he was interested in what literary elites like to call very loquacious or or vocabulary-dense artists. Okay. And so, like, literary elites love to kind of put Shakespeare up on the pedestal, right? Okay. That Shakespeare... His vocabulary is one of the most expansive, expansive of all the literary. All of the literary, yeah. Right, and so basically, he was like, "Okay, well, what about hip hop? Yeah, what artists are you know have this very expansive vocabulary in hip hop?" And so he developed a, a semi, you know, quantitative type method to really gauge that. And basically, because people were suggesting that Shakespeare knew over a hundred thousand words. Mm-hmm. And that we have some pretty smart hip-hop artists out there. He just wanted to see, you know, do they match yeah, up? There is some definitely some very super lyrical guys out there who are, who are doing things and, and expanding people's uh, vocabulary on a daily basis. Exactly. So basically what he did was he took the artist's first 3,500 lyrics. Okay. Uh, and that's for any artist. He compared them to two literary works and basically Shakespeare, period. Over his first thirty five hundred 
lyrics, uh, which would basically be the first 5,000 words of Shakespeare's seven works. Got you. Um, so it's like Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, Othello, Macbeth, As You Like It, Winter's Tale, and Trollius and Cressida. So that was Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And then the other control was Moby Dick. Okay. So he just took the first 3,500 words of Moby Dick. Okay. And basically said, how many unique words were in there? Then he did the same for hip-hop artists. Gotcha. All right. So tell me, who would you think would end up around where Shakespeare was? I mean, all right. So if we're, if we're holding Shakespeare up to be one of the super lyrical people within the, the I guess, Eng- English language uh Writers, like we're gonna, we're, I mean, obviously we're sticking with people who speak English for this. This, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is English. So, yeah. I mean, you got to think there's gonna be some people who are super lyrical out there. Uh, but that's the thing. The caveat is it's the first thirty-five thousand words. You know, we yeah. know there are some guys that over time definitely put a lot more thought and preparation into the lyrics that they were putting out. You know, when they started out, it was just party hop, rock, rocking. You know, like I'm just trying to make people enjoy themselves. Not trying to make people think, right? Right. So, I mean, super lyrical. Right? Let's just name some people. I mean, Nas, uh, Talib Kweli, Most Def, Common, uh, New Cats, Wale's out there. He's he's on some some lyrical stuff. I mean, there's plenty of underground cats that people don't know about. Uh, you know, one of my favorites is Childish Gambino. I'd wonder. Uh, I'd be interested to see where he would fall into this. Yeah. Uh. But his first thirty five thousand. I mean, if you look at his his first uh, mixtapes as his first thirty five thousand, it's gonna be super stupid. And then like recently, he's you know definitely become much more uh, lyrical and and thought provoking, and and he's playing around with the the language a lot more in recent times. So, um, and then well, this is this is unique words, right? Right, unique words. Oh man, well, greatest group of all time. You gotta throw Outkast in there. Outkast has created a con- completely different lexicon of words for their for their music. I mean, overstand me, you know, like Spodioti Dopalicious. Yeah, you know, like they're literally creating vocabulary to suit themselves. Uh, e forty, what's up, my weeblizations? Yeah. Uh, you know, really, he's out here in Vallejo making things happen. Yeah. Um. Who else, man? I mean, you got a list up there in your head of hip hop artists that that are just uh, with Tupac. I mean, like, but it's that's the thing is like it's his first thirty five thousand words, right? So yeah, we know that Tupac was a not only was he a, a hip hop artist, but he was a poet. You know, yeah, he wrote yeah. books of poetry, and he was very very lyrical in some ways. But then there was other times some of his music where he wasn't talking about a whole lot. But well, I mean, there's a difference here between being lyrical and being vocabulary dense, and I yes. don't think they're the same thing. Correct. So the thing is, Tupac didn't really use that many words, yeah, or unique words. But the way that he strung those words together was so lyrical. I think, yeah, that 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 is definitely something to look at. It's a point to be taken, you know, because there are guys who would illustrate deeper concepts but they dumb down their lyrics so that a broader spectrum of people are able to understand those concepts right uh and actually in some ways i feel like that's a skill 
in order to be able to take something, like even in politics, you know, this is let's branch outside the realm of music for a, a second. Politics, being able to ex- explain a a complex political, let's say, a bill or you know something that's trying to be passed or ratified in the in the house. You know, you're trying to explain law to people, and you have to break it down so that the common man can understand what exactly is going on. It's like when you see a these bills that are trying to be passed and they're a hundred pages long of just dense, like just dense wordage. But then there are people who basically are able to summarize a bill within one page so that people are actually able to understand and digest what it is that this bill is effectually, is effectively doing. Right. Um, And it's the same concept, you know, just being able to dumb certain things down so that other people can understand it. Uh, so Absolutely. for some artists, you know, the, the choice might have been conscious. If I come out here and I give you all these lyrics, people aren't going to want to hear that. And sometimes short words rhyme better over the beat. You know, it's like, or in hip hop, we've seen it, man. There are people who literally change the way that they rhyme just because it wasn't making money. Right, right, right. Jay-Z is a prominent example yeah. of that. Yeah, he even had lyrics suggesting that he does that, right? Like, uh, actually, let me see if I can get them here. So Jay-Z was talking about it. He said, I dumbed down for my audience to double my dollars. They criticized me for it, yet they all yell holla. If skills sold, truth be told, I'd probably be, I'd probably be lyrically Talib Kweli. Truthfully, I want to rhyme like common sense, but I did five mil. I ain't been rhyming like common sense. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, you know, in that lyric, he expressed what his what his desire was. He wanted to be successful. And he's, I mean, Jay-Z, it's made no secret that he's chasing that almighty dollar. And he's, you know, on his path to a billion. You know, he's not going to rest until he becomes one of the next billionaires. Right. And he's well on his way. I mean, I think, you know, marrying someone like a Beyonce and creating that power couple, uh, the two of them together sure will get there. You right. know, and they have some of the, the older heads who are gonna be uh giving them some some pointers along the way. I think what, you know, I think Jay Z's got Oprah's ear. I think he can get to Oprah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I he think can he can get, get in Oprah. that circle that circle of billionaires and figure out how to do it. Right. I mean, in, in his net worth somewhere around like five hundred million right now, like somewhere about a half billion. Something like that, yeah. I believe so. Him and, and, and Diddy are both in that half half million, I mean half billion phase, but let's get back to the to the to the point. So, I mean, I named a few people. Uh, yeah, so most of those people you named actually did score pretty highly. So, just for reference, uh, Moby Dick was higher than Shakespeare's works. That so makes sense. Moby Dick had eight thousand twenty-two unique words in the first thirty-five thousand lyrics. Okay. Uh, Shakespeare in that thirty-five thousand lyric sample. Had five thousand one hundred seventy unique words. Okay. So there are some rap artists that actually rank higher than Shakespeare, and it's funny because most of these artists come from one group. What group would you think that is? If it's one group, one group, and you said most of these artists, yeah. Well, the biggest group in the history of hip hop has to be the Wu Tang. Like, yeah, thirty eight <laughs> members. Thirty eight members. I feel like. I might be a little off, but I feel like it's at least 38 people in that group. So, yeah, it is the Wu-Tang Clan. It's the Wu-Tang Clan. So, 
Uh, actually, I'll go ahead and tell you number one. Number one is an underground uh, artist. Okay, but what? before you... All right, if I'm going through the Wu-Tang Clan... Okay, yeah, where, yeah. Where does RZA rank? Because RZA's been on some super lyrical, like, expand your mind type stuff in the last few years. But like you said, it's the first 35,000 lyrics. So I'm trying right. to take it all the way back to when I first heard Wu-Tang back in the day. Right. And what they had to say. Yeah, so RZA's number two out of all the Wu-Tang Clan. Okay, who's number one? Raekwon the Chef. Makes sense. Where's meth? Where's meth and red? Fall. Well, red technically uh, wasn't in in Wu Tang. Yeah, yeah. So um, Method Man is number three. Okay. All right. And then Ghostface Killer, Inspector Deck. You got. Yeah, it's Giza. All right. Master Killer, Old Dirty Bastard, and Capadonna. All right. <laughs> ODB. ODB, man. He he's. He's not above Shakespeare, obviously, but he still has I mean, a fairly good number of ODB of brought person. a certain flavor to the to the to the group. Yeah. Rest in peace, man. But uh, you know, you gotta have your. Uh, I mean, you gotta have your balance, right? We yeah. talk about balance a lot. You gotta have somebody who can who can bring you back when you got meth and RZA and and oh man, that's just that's crazy. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So number one, uh, very underground artist, like you know, only really hip hop heads would really, really know who he is. But his name is Aesop Rock, not ASAP Rocky, but Aesop Rock, A E S O P. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Aesop Rock. Yeah, he's he's pretty obscure, but he is well above every artist in this in this data set. Like he has. 7,392 unique words used. The out of the first 35,000. That's yeah. pretty high, man. When you think that's one out of that's one out of 5 words? Yes. That is a unique word. Interesting. Yes. So where now for point of comparison, where did where did Shakespeare is since he's our baseline, where did Shakespeare fall? 5,170. So this dude killed Shakespeare. So, wow. So, Shakespeare was about one out of every seven words was considered a unique word. Yeah. And, all right. And even that is still, like, when you think about how astronomically high that is. Because, I mean, in, in regular, every, think about how many filler words we use. The, you know, the, a, at, like, small words that just continue a sentence that are necessary. Yeah. To get from one part to the next. We use those in every sentence that we speak. But to have a you what classified a unique word? Did he did he get there, there's something that, that that was not used before. Okay. Got you. Alright, so words that are not repeated within Exactly. Our, the moment you say one word, it gets excluded from the data set. Got it. Alright, so I guess and, and you know what? I like that because it is kind of representative of what like, how expansive is your lexicon? How often do you use it? Like, what, how, how large is your vocabulary? Like, if you have a large vocabulary to draw from, you're, you're more likely to use unique words. Right. Interesting. I do like this study a lot. Yeah. So, um, so I think, I don't know. I think, I think you're sitting here mulling over having a dude logic challenge, huh? You want to see where we rank on this list? I would love to. How are we going to do that? 
I don't know if we had. We probably do have thirty five hundred lyrics at this point. Oh yeah, we uh, thirty five thousand lyrics. At might this have point. done that in the first hour. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess we could take multiple thirty five thousand lyric samples. Maybe we should take a uh, five thousand lyrics from a uh, five thousand words from like seven of our podcasts. Or maybe we should take a thousand words from thirty five once we get there. Let's do that. Let's do it. Well, we can't do the first first ten minutes because well, because the thing is, we also have to consider that we have guests on as well. Yeah. So we, we can't take their words, right? So it's got to be just our transcript. We got to do it. Let's do it. We gotta, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna figure it out for the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna figure it out for the people. It's gonna be hilarious. Um. So what do you predict then? What, I, think, we I think we'll fare well, man. I, I believe that we'll be somewhere up there in the uh, in the stratosphere because we got you on the team. You know, you're, you're using words like portmanteau. <laughs> Episode one. <laughs> Episode one, sir. <laughs> so, Etymology. What, what classical else conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do we use? Get a little bit ridiculous. Um, oh, what did Julian get on me for in that one episode? Like, I said something. Oh, yeah. And he was like, AJ never uses words like that. Don't believe it. I don't yeah, I forget what the word was, man. Uh, I used apocryphal. Yeah, in an episode, apocryphal. yeah. Yeah, we might be okay, man. We might be okay. We might we might fare well. But, uh, all right, so if um, Shakespeare was around that, you said 5,100? Yeah. Who else was near Shakespeare? Who was Who was there? Near Shakespeare. I mean, I asked you about, I said Outcast, and you know that's my favorite. Outcast was near Shakespeare. E40 was near oh, Shakespeare. Nice. Vallejo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Beastie Boys. Okay. What, uh, what, was the official, what was the official numbers for Outcast? Outcast was at 5,212, so they were slightly above Shakespeare. Nice. So, this is, so I mean, and that's interesting because I would love to see where Outcast ranks as they continue on like each album i would love to see that because that first thirty-five thousand is off it's got to be off you know southern playlistic yeah and pretty much. do they count words that are made up they do count words that are made up excellent because that's you know, why e40 is so high right oh yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean well yeah i guess when you can literally change the face of of a language by creating words that then are accepted and used in common vernacular yeah I, I think that there's something to it when you are bright enough, smart enough to be able to, to take existing words and create something new out of, of, out of nothing. Right. But then another point is you got guys on here like Exhibit and you got guys like Buster Rhymes and Twister who yeah. are right around Shakespeare as well. So that says something for, you know, guys who rap fast. Yeah. They can get a lot of words out. And if they diversify those words, they can actually... Fair pretty well on this. I would love to see where where Busta and you know what? Like this guy's got to continue with this. He's ha- he has to. Yeah. He's got to he's got to pick certain artists that are like that are obviously you know controversial on this list, right? Right. And then see where they fare as they progressed in their career. Yeah. So. Who's down on the low end? That yeah, we might yeah be let's talk about, about the bottom. Yeah, let's talk about the bottom because okay. that's where the, the meat of this conversation is going to come from. The Who's absolute it? bottom, DMX. That sounds about right. Dark Man X himself. <laughs> so actually, also, I want to note when that half of your words are barks. D- does each individual bark 
get counted as that a new word? No, no, it's not a new word. Oh, it doesn't? Yeah. He has so many different barks, the different though. style of bark. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Um, yeah, so I must note here that, you know, guys like Kendrick Lamar are not on this list because okay. it When was uses, the study done? Well, it was done in 2014, but okay. Rap Genius only catalogs all lyrics up to 2012. Okay. So, you know, those guys who are newer, who may be able to make the list, yeah. really, um, are, are not on the list. Why is it that Rap Genius only catalogs stuff up till 2012? Yeah, I have no idea. Are they planning on expanding? As, I'm sure they are. I mean, right. it's just like they have all the popular songs yeah. on there, but then stuff that's not as popular. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, let's look at the bottom. Some guys that you may or may not have thought would be down there. So, Drake. Is oh, down wow. there. Kanye well, West is down there. Okay. Snoop Dogg is down there. Got you. Lil Wayne, Gucci Mane. Those make sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of blown by Drake and, and Kanye. 50 Cent's down there, too. Oh, uh, like, you mean Mr. I was about to say something real crazy, y'all. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just going to keep going with something else. Uh, nah, um... But I'm, su- I mean, I'm surprised by Drake and, and Kanye, right? So yeah. is this off College Dropout, or is this his mixtapes before College Dropout? Like, are they taking? Well, I guess, you know, Aesop Rock isn't really mainstream, so it's got to be, you know, mixtape stuff that he's been doing or underground albums that he was doing, stuff that we wouldn't know about in the popular culture. Uh, so maybe they had, they were taking stuff from when Kanye was still growing. Because, I mean, I think College Dropout, I guess it's forcing me to look at the album from a different perspective because there are people who might not necessarily use, uh, what is it? What was the nomenclature he was using? Um, unique words. Yeah. But are able to illustrate complex concepts using dumbed down lyrics. So even though the lyrics might not be dense or verbose, if you will, um, doesn't mean that the concepts were dumbed down. Right. So, hey, that's interesting, man. Yeah, I mean, and that's the case with Tupac. Tupac fell low on this list. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's the reason, right? Okay. He he was very lyrical in nature, but not necessarily including a lot of words. Yeah. I wonder what would, uh, if you would have put his book of poetry on this. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it might fall lyrics. around the same area, actually. You think so? Yeah, because I, I look at a lot of his poetry. It's more lyrical in style than in vocabulary. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so who who on here do you think was a surprise to you, wherever they fell? Like, Give me like your top three surprises. Eminem. Where Eminem was, okay. fell right in the middle. Middle of the road, huh? Yeah, he was 4,494 unique words used. That's that's respectful, right? Yeah, it's not far below where where Shakespeare was. Okay, all right. Ice Cube was like directly in the middle, along with P Diddy. Okay, makes sense. I mean, I thought Diddy, all he said was uh huh, uh huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that, take, take that, that, take that, that boy, that boy, that boy. Yeah. But I apparently mean, he's right in the middle. You know, people give Diddy a hard time, but think about some of the people that he was around. You know. Just, just to have to. Whoa! Is the is Notorious B.I.G. on there? Biggie did not have enough samples. 
Really? Yeah, he did not have enough of a sample size. Wow. Yeah. He couldn't get thirty five thousand lyrics out of out of all of the stuff that Biggie did. Yep. Maybe I'm struggling with how much thirty five thousand words, like how large a sample size. So is. he said, basically thirty five thousand words covers three to five studio albums and EPs. So apparently he was not taking underground stuff. Yeah. It has to be a studio album or an EP. Something okay. that is in rap. It's something that's in rap genius. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, now that you say that, I don't think Biggie had enough material. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't have three, three and a half albums. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's guys that you would think were there. Like, Q-Tip is right there. He's right there, like, upper to middle area. Uh, Talib I mean, Kweli is up there. Thing. Like, he created an album title. Vibrant. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, LL Cool J is right there. Up there near the top, near okay. uh, Shakespeare. That makes sense, because, I mean, the, you know, from what I know, LL, when he was a kid, used to read the dictionary just for fun, you know? So, it was like, I would hope that he would find him somewhere at, as being more lyrical than less lyrical. Or otherwise, all of those years of reading that dictionary was a waste of his time. Exactly. And then, you know, guys like, guys, like new guys, like Wale's up near the top. Okay. He, he uses a lot of... And, you know, when you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, Wale does use a lot of different words. Yeah, he definitely creates his own words in, in, a, in a lot of situations as well. Right. Wale's actually one of the dudes that's out right now that I'm, 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 I appreciate his music. You know, like, from the new school... Like I'd love to see where Lupe Fiasco falls into this. Is he on? Is he on the Lupe, list? Lupe Lupe's on the list, and he's right around the middle to upper area. Okay. So what's what's his word count? Uh, his word count is hold on, let me find it. Yeah, well, Ti is around forty forty one thousand. Uh, I think Lupe was around forty four thousand somewhere. Okay. So he's kind of upper to middle. Got it. Yep. All right. <clears throat> KRS One. Oh wow. Forty five thousand well, four thousand five hundred and eighty five. Cool. That seems about right. So let's go back to the bottom. Okay. Alright. So who else would you think was at the bottom? Uh Master P. Master P is definitely at Juvie. the bottom. Juvenile's at the bottom. I like it like that. She working that back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no Juvie's got to be near the bottom. Man, you know I hate to say it because you know I love my, I love the South. I love being from Atlanta, Georgia, man. But come on, let's be honest. Across the board, Southern artists have to be on the lower end. It's interesting that you said that because he did actually uh, take this set and he looked at it by region. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This guy was on top of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, he's a data scientist, man. He yeah. has to do all this stuff. So, he looked at it by region, and what you see is by far, if you categorize someone as a southern hip-hop artist, they are more likely to fall below the median line than above it. Wow. So, you see that southern artists really fall below that. I mean, the median line here is 4,300. And for reference, remember, Shakespeare is at around... 5,200 almost. Gotcha. Yeah. Most of the Southern artists are, are low. And then most of the artists that can be categorized as East Coast artists are actually higher than Shakespeare or higher than the median period. Mm -hmm. West Coast artists actually turn out to be pretty low. 
And then Midwest artists turn out to be like right around the median. In fact, what's really interesting is that there is not a Midwest artist who appears outside of one standard deviation of the median. Wow. So, I mean, but you know what? If you think about artists from the Midwest, I mean, but that's such a large sample. Because, I mean, you think Nelly from St. Louis, but you're thinking... Like, think He's Chicago. right in the middle. Think about Chicago, right? Chicago is considered Midwest in this in the sample size, I'm assuming. Yes. And all of the different artists from Chicago, I mean, Kanye, you know, Twista, uh, who else? Um, I mean, just name, wait, uh, Common? Lupe Fiasco. Lupe. He's right at 4,400, basically. Where's Common fall? Common is pretty high. He's, uh, let's see, Common Sense is, or Common. 49, so 4,974. Okay, so he's very close to where Shakespeare falls. Yeah, right? yeah, he is. But I mean, that's crazy. So I mean, there's like no, when it comes to unique words, and in this study, there's not a lot of diversity among Midwest artists. No, no, like I said, one standard deviation, within one standard deviation that's of the interesting. medium. That's interesting. Yeah, you have Southern artists who are all the way at the bottom and all the way at the top of this list. <laughs> the lowest Midwest artists is surprisingly Bone Thugs and Harmony. As fast as they rapped, but they didn't have that many words. Yeah. Maybe because every other word was murder and Ouija. Yeah, yeah. Notorious thugs. <laughs> <laughs> or thug, yeah. Thug, Ouija, murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe some of them just were too far gone to be considered words. They were just sounds. Or maybe because he got this from Rap Genius, people are not actually, like yeah they're not actually transcribing, transcribing it. it correctly yeah, yeah. Might, oh man i think we might have seen might a flaw be, in this might, study there right? might be error in the study oh man <laughs> now we got to go back and, and reread thirty-five thousand lyrics of all of these different artists chris yep we're gonna become go data scientists overnight get on that get on that chris <laughs> I, I might create a computer program to do that process all that information use it for our do logic thing right yeah like we need to make this happen we need to make it This out. sounds like a wonderful summer project for us. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got to take a break sometime, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, right. yeah, that that is a point. Mm-hmm. We, we will be ending the season soon, right? Yeah, I mean, after episode 25, we're going to take a quick hiatus, and then we'll bring back the Dude Logic crew for season two, you know? Yeah. We're going to keep it moving. It's 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 been great. The, the response has been positive, and it, it seems that people are... Loving what we're hearing, uh, or they're hearing so far. So we're just going to take a little break, retool, come up with some new stuff, and uh, try and throw a couple wrinkles into it when we come back in second two. Yeah, exactly. Season two, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, we might, we might take out some of the segments, bring in some new segments. Um, some of the old segments, we may do them more often. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We got, I mean, it's a lot of figuring, we're still figuring things out, man. We're yeah. still... You know, that's the beauty of this. It's, it's a growing, living, breathing thing, and it's going to change over time. So that's why you got to keep listening, because it's not, we're not going to throw something different, like something new at you, uh, or the same old thing at you all the time. Like, right. definitely got to come with something spicy. So yeah, we might uh, put this on the website, like go episode by episode, how it looks, and maybe like split it up into little bins, so we can go like the first four episodes versus you know, the next four. And then, as we get seasons, we can do, like, season by season. See if our vocabulary grows. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. (laughs) All right, I am reading the dictionary this summer. (laughs) 
man, I'm not doing any extra stuff. I'm just going to just keep being me. But you know what? Now we're going to be feeling pressure to like throw new words in here from time to time. Well, hey, we always have one new word per episode, right? Yep. Urban Dictionary. Word of the day. Yep, yep, yep. So what do you think is an appropriate Urban Dictionary word of the day here? The Urban Dictionary word of the day is... I think of one off the top of You got any? I got one. Okay. Now, this is this is related to our topic, right? Because right. We're, we're talking about hip-hop and everything. Okay. And it just comes from a famous song. But people are using it in everyday language now. Turn right. down for what? I know, right? <laughs> Little John... Little Judd, yeah. Turn down for what? Little John, there's so many things in this lifetime that I have to turn down for. I can't be crunk all the time like you. <laughs> I don't drink crunk juice. Yes. Enough to just never turn down. But Little John <laughs> never turns down. Never turns down. What? So, yeah. in the Urban Dictionary, like, remember, all of these words that we say are in the Urban Dictionary. Where did Little John fall on the list? I didn't even say his name. Little John was not on this list. Oh. I don't think oh. he's had 3,500 lyrics. <laughs> like, I mean, come on now. <laughs> oh, man. If you... Oh, 35,000. If you use all the iterations of what and yeah... I, I still don't think clearly, he's had 35,000 clearly over 40,000 if you use all the different iterations of what and yeah that he has said over the years. Perhaps. Just the nuances that he uses. But you gotta count him more. individually. You can't count him with Lil Bo and with Big Lil Sam. With Lil Bo and Big Sam. <laughs> Got you. Uh, see, all of, yeah, you can't. Yeah, I don't think he has 35,000 lyrics. <laughs> no. no. Nope. Nope. He oh, cannot be oh, in this Oh, man, it sucks. Uh, Little John. He would be below DMX though. Little John, you gotta put you gotta put more music out, man. You gotta put more music out <laughs> so we can go ahead and put you on this list. <laughs> but turn down for what the the definition of Urban Dictionary rhetorical question used by teenagers. Turn up is the act of getting drunk and high and being rec- and being reckless. So turn down would mean sobering up. Turn down for what is really saying I am fucked up and will continue to be all night no matter what. The only appropriate answer to this question would be nothing. I'm sorry. I don't think that's the only appropriate answer to this question. Turn down for what? A job? Uh, the cops and my father. Uh, yeah, police. Yeah. Uh, um, children. The elderly. <laughs> um, just because it's time to go to sleep. I wonder what AJ at 21 would have answered. AJ now is like, look, there, I, I got to sleep sometime. Sleep is important. Yeah. So I'm turning down for sleep, little John. I'm sorry. Turn down for sleep. There we go. I feel like that was something that Rick James would have said back in the day. Turn, Turn down, down for, for what? what? Turn down Charlie for what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but you, you know what? Dave Chappelle and his rendition of Rick James, it's got to be the funniest thing ever. Yeah. And I think we were, we were actually, you know, I mean, that's a great, it's a great segue into what we were planning on talking about. And that, that, the main topic. So the main topic today, and I know we were talking about Dave Chappelle, so, you know, this actually segues pretty well, right? Yeah. I mean, cause we talked about him in the previous episode. I mean, we've talked about Dave Chappelle on multiple episodes. Yeah. Uh, I mean. But I mean, even just talking about Dave Chappelle now. Yeah. So. You know, it's it's like some of the, some looking at some of the stuff that, that Dave has done from over the years, and I remember 
when he got his part in Nutty Professor. Yeah. And y'all, I don't know if many of y'all remember the bit part that he played as the comedian Reggie on Nutty Professor, but remember he was talking about some women be shopping. Women, women be shopping? Be women be shopping. shopping. And that... Don't they? Yeah, they be shopping. They be shopping. And that is the main topic of today's show. Yeah. Women be shopping. Women be shopping. So, AJ. Yes. Women be shopping, right? Yeah, man. You know, I'm just going to give you here. I'm going to qualify myself as an expert on the topic of women be shopping. I grew up in a family of three kids. The other two of the children being my sisters. Between my sisters, my mom, my godmothers, and all of my female cousins that lived with my family at one point, I feel like I've been around enough women to know. Well, then also the people I've been in relationships with over the years. Women like to go shopping, man. It's just, in general, across the board, the majority of women value shopping more than the majority of men. They do. If you look at the, the large, the, the population as a whole, men do not enjoy shopping in general. And uh, women are very much different. You know, my father, the wise man that he is, when, we, when I was younger and we were getting dragged around from department store to department store in the mall, my dad used to always carry a book with him. And I asked him, I said, Dad, why do you always have a book with you when we're going shopping? You know, son, you'll learn that when, you know, your mother takes me out and I had to, had to learn how to do this for her to make her happy. I love her, so I want to make sure she's happy. But I don't enjoy doing this. So I'll take a book with me, find a place to sit down, let her shop to her heart's content, and I'm going to read something. And uh, I've done that. It has served me well. But let's talk about the differences between men and women in shopping, right? So what do you think are some of the differences, Chris? Oh, men obviously will run in, get what they need. Like, you have a clear picture of what you want. Mm-hmm. You run directly to that section. You get it. You don't, you don't you know, you don't lounge around. Mm-hmm. You don't meander around. You don't look at other stuff. And even if you do, you don't contemplate getting it because you have a clear goal in mind that you want to get this thing and get out of the store. Like, I've done that plenty of times. I've been able to go in five stores in, like, 15 minutes. Oh, that. yeah. Oh, yeah, we're definitely direct, straight to the point. We don't... I, it's rare that I go into a store just to walk around and see what they have. Unless you're trying to waste time. Yeah. Like, like it's like, all right, I got to meet somebody in an hour and a half. I don't have anything to do for the next hour and a half, and I don't want to just sit in a coffee shop. Let me go. All right, I've been meaning to go to this store for a minute. Let me let me go in here and just see what they got. Like uh, maybe something's on sale I haven't seen in a while, and I need to put in my my apartment or my house or whatever it is, right? Uh, so yeah, that doesn't happen very often. But I remember times when my mom and my godmother would go to the mall just to win. Like the concept of window shopping for dudes is crazy. Yeah, like I'm not gonna go look at stuff that I want to buy that I'm not gonna buy today because I don't have the money for it. Like. For me, it never made sense at all to go and covet things that I'm not going to get today. Like, right. why? Doesn't, like, why am I using that time to go look at, like, I don't want to look at a $2,000 handbag that I'm not going to be able to purchase anytime in the near future. But women do that on a regular basis. <laughs> like, 
Oh, what do we? T- what about the advent of of internet shopping? Oh yeah, you don't your, even your need to go anymore. Amazon queens, you know? Yeah, you don't even need to go anymore as a dude, though, man. Yeah. We go on eBay, Amazon, you know, whatever websites oh, and ecost.com, Amazon, eBay, like those things have saved me so many times. You know, I like to see like a demographic study to see what percentage of men are in the malls nowadays with internet shopping. Yeah. And we're giving too many great ideas out to the population, <laughs> man. They're going to be people who are going to get paid a lot of money using our dude logic. You better not use our dude logic ideas. If you do, we're coming after you. Or at least like... That's going to be the second time I've said that to people. <laughs> <laughs> Or at least, like, the demographics of, like, what percentage of men in malls are actually doing active shopping? Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Because where, where do you go when you go to the mall, Chris? Let's see. I, I kind of go to, like, probably, like, Champ Sports. Something like that. Like, a, a sporting goods store or yeah. a shoe store. Uh, definitely something like J. Crew. Look at some clothes or whatever. Yeah. But it's always a very specific thing of mine. Yeah. Food court, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, you will definitely find me in the food court if I'm going into a mall. Got to get some nourishment for all of that, that work we're doing. Yeah, that would be an interesting demographic study, right? Yeah. I mean, because you look at guys, like, there are dudes who literally go into a mall and they do absolutely no shopping. They will sit there like my father and read a book or just, you know, those bench, the benches in the mall are the funniest places in the world to me. When you see, oh, like, yeah. collections of dudes who are just there. And we don't even have to say anything to each other. We'll just look at each other, give the head nod, and we know what's good. Like I'm, exactly. Yeah, I'm here for a while. You know, it's I'm like here for your a brother, specific reason. It's, it's it's like your brothers in the fight. You know, <laughs> in the struggle. We got the same struggle. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, Chris, what about you, man? You're um, you're 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 married, right? So yeah. does does your wife take you out on shopping excursions from time to time? My wife is an atypical shopper. She generally knows what she wants and she goes in and gets it. Now there are there are times when she does kind of shop around or whatnot, but she's courteous enough to let me know that this is one of those times. So you can choose to not come along if you don't want to. See, that's that's a that's a beautiful woman right there. <laughs> you know, that's that's why I always liked her, man. You know, man. That's why you got my blessing when it was time for you to go ahead and, and, and jump over that broom oh, okay. right there. She's so thoughtful. Uh, yeah, I haven't been that lucky in the past. I've had some people in my life who's like, hey, it's time to go shopping. And you just got to deal with it. <laughs> you know? Carrying uh, bags. Oh, man, you got to. That's, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of being chivalrous. You know, the chivalry thing when we talk about that on, on episodes in the past. Uh, you know, my mom would, would jump out of her grave and slap me upside the head if she found out that I was out shopping with a young lady and I let her carry her own bags. Come right. on now. That's just not what we do. Uh, plus, honestly, and I don't let my ego get to me very often, but that's one of those situations in which I, it, it does. Like, if I'm with a young lady and I'm letting her carry her bags, I'm thinking all the other dudes who are looking at me are, are looking at me like, yo, that dude is, he's, he's, he's a punk. Like, but take his man card. He's letting women carry bags. Come on, man. Like, I just feel like that's ridiculous. And the mall is a place anywhere where you go to scope out potential mates and stuff. So if you see that there's a dude with someone who, you know, he's not carrying her bags, you're like, oh, I'm going to take her from him. Yeah. Pretty much. Actually, I've, I've thought that in my past. Like, it's <laughs> like, yo, that dude's not, he's not handling business as a man. If I wanted to, I could take her. That's a terrible thing to say, right? Yeah, but in the mall, anything goes, apparently. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We've talked about Amos Lady Bitch. 
<laughs> that flies. That flies in the mall. Yeah, so. apparently it does. Oh man, I, you know what? I feel like Linux Mall is a special place. Like, there's no other mall in the world that's like like that. The, the things that happen at Linux in my lifetime that I've seen can't have happened at every other mall. In nah, this there's got to be somewhere else. I mean, Greenbrier. <laughs> when when you get when you get unfortunately our people all together in one place like a mall. Mm-hmm. You probably get similar situations all across the country. All right, all right. Unfortunately, you know, I, I, wanna, I really hate that that's the case. I just want to feel like Linux is, is unique because I've seen some craziness go down. Linux is unique because, yeah. and it's not necessarily because of stuff like that, but it's more so because of stuff like, you know, you see uh, drag queens uh, rolling around there just uh, yeah, in packs. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's a very unique cross section of the population. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have, but you know, it's representative of what Atlanta is. Yeah, that's true. It's a lot. It's a lot going on in Atlanta. Whether you have, uh, you know, we have a large population of 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 upwardly, upwardly mobile blacks in this city. Yeah. More than some other cities, some other major metropolitan cities, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, we still have your your Caucasians and Hispanics and Asians and everything else. Uh, it's becoming more and more international every day, which is a beautiful thing and Linux is just a mall in, in Atlanta that everybody frequents at some point yeah. uh, but then we do have a large homosexual population in the city of Atlanta as compared per capita compared to other large cities or cities in the country in general so like it's 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 a great place to people watch yeah that's true yeah that's definitely true Maybe. but I guess the mall in general is a great place to people watch yeah right? yeah but I think in Atlanta itself, there are a few places that are really, I think, uh, are, I would put on my top five list of places that people watch and Linux is one of them. You're going to see some craziness within the first 30 minutes of being in the mall. Yeah. Something that's just, it's completely atypical every time I go there. Okay. So then let me ask you this. As a guy, you're going with your female companion mm-hmm. to the mall and obviously you aren't there to shop. You're there to support. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, your dad read books whenever mm-hmm. he went to the mall. But let's say you don't have a book. What do you do during that idle time when your girl's in the store or something? Like, I mean, is it people watching? Yeah, that's that's what I do. Okay. I, 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 so what I do you observe. look for? I just, you know, I, I obs- I'm very observant in general. Like, I was taught when I was a kid to pay attention to your surroundings. One of the things, the first things I would do was when I go into a place, I look for the exits. Where are the exits? If all, if all hell breaks out, how are we getting out of here? Like, that's the first thing I do. So like just looking around and surveying my, my, like where I'm at, just getting a, a general sense of the situation, you know, situational awareness, if you will. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it's just like, who's, who are the characters? Who are the people who are the most demonstrative? Like who's moving around a lot? Who's doing stuff? Let me figure that out. And then I'm going to see what they're doing. Just curiosity. You know, sometimes it's ear hustling, as we like to call it on the streets. But trying to overhear conversations, you know? Like, I might not even be looking at them, but I'm listening. Yeah. And, you know, you hear the craziest things in the world when you're just chilling at Linux or any other mall, for that matter. You do, but uh, I think that's also a function of coming in in the middle of a conversation, oh, too. Yeah. All right, so some of the best conversations in the world to, to listen to... Uh, dudes and women in relationships who are in the middle of a bickering or argument or fight in the mall. Like yeah. when, when the dude just reaches that point where he can't take it anymore, 
and she wants to go into that one more shop, that one last place, and he's just like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm hungry. I'm ready to go. I've been here for three hours. I got I got to get out now. And then they're going back and forth. That's like the greatest conversation in the world to fall in on. Like, oh, man. Mm. You know, we actually we witnessed one of those recently, right? When? When? We went out, and this wasn't in the mall, obviously, but yeah. it was like on one of the streets as we were going to a bar or something. Oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. It did. <laughs> and uh, we didn't, I didn't even say anything to you, but I looked at you, and I was like, we, we, we know what's going on, right? Yep. Like, we, we had that look. And uh, he was clearly not happy with something that she did. My guess is that she took a drink from another male or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded something like that. And that happens in the mall, right? Like, everybody's on the prowl. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, there are dudes who are going to, like, I mean, I learned very early on in life, if I take my girl to the mall, I should expect for somebody to try and get at her. Somebody's going to be disrespectful. Have you ever had to check a dude when you were with your girl for getting at your girl a little too aggressively? Uh, no, just because, like I said, we're not the traditional shoppers. So yeah. I don't think we give, we don't give anyone a chance. Well, not even now, like not even your wife, but in the past when you've taken girlfriends, like oh, in yeah. your experiences, how many times have you had dudes who will try you? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. You get in fights all the time. Man. Yeah. Like <laughs> I've, I've, you know what, but sometimes like as I got older, I realized sometimes it doesn't even take an outward show of aggression. Like if you're, if you're with your girl and you see a dude doing something crazy, sometimes all you got to do is shoot a look at him. Like, like really? You really gonna try me right now? Yeah, like that, I mean, that, if he's that a respectable look, gentleman, yeah. he will. He will say, "Oh, but oh, there man. are some dudes who just are they. They don't care. They're gonna take it there, and you gotta get in there. Like, really? Like, you gotta say that to them? Like, yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm gonna need you to back off. Uh, you're you're being a little ridiculous right now, my dude. Because I mean, dudes got eyes, right? Yeah. I mean, but uh, you see someone. That's but it's just, it's one of those. Like, I had to tell a dude. I was like, "Look, man. Um, this one, she's with me." There's plenty of other single women in here that you should be concentrating on. You don't want this right now. Right, right. And he tried to say something, and I just had to reiterate, you don't want this right now. (laughs) And I think when I said it the second time, he understood what I was saying, that if you keep going down this road, it's not going to be pretty for you. And you had to make the hand motions with Oh, I had to do the hand motions. It's like, you (laughs) don't want, as I'm doing a circular motion with my right hand, you don't want this right now. In this general vicinity, you don't want this. And then you start doing it. This right here, this right. The punching, here. the yeah. punching, yeah. the chip. The Kevin Hart, the thug hands. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. I have done that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm the most refined gentleman in all situations. I have done thug hands before. Now, if people watching, if I saw that. I'd be really in tune. Oh yeah, going it's like you see somebody start doing the thug hands, it's like yo, something's going down. It's real. It's real. It's like yo, that's why I thought that skit that Kevin Hart did was the funniest thing in the world because it's it's true. Like you see somebody who's doing that, you're like yo, it's going down. It's about to go down. Like, I mean, what else? What are some like if you're people watching? What are some other things that you look for? And I mean, because yeah, I said what I look for, right? What are yeah, you looking yeah, yeah. for, Chris? I, I actually look at packs of females to try to see what they're talking about. I mean, it's kind of what we're trying to do here with Chick Logic, man. Let's let's figure it out. Yeah, we're constantly as men trying to figure women out, right. and we constantly fail. Pretty much. But uh, 
you know, it doesn't stop us from trying. Yeah. At least that's persistent. I also like the, the weird dynamic of a male employee in like a woman's clothing store or something. Mm-hmm. And I always try to look at that. Yeah. Uh, like the dude in Victoria's Secret. Yeah. And you're trying to, it's like, hold up. Try to size him up. How did he get this job? Yeah. What does he bring to the table? <laughs> uh, I remember that. I, like, seriously, when I was 16, I thought about working at Victoria's Secret for the summer. Yeah. Or even the opposite way. Like, like remember when Tasha was on? She yeah. was talking about, you know, she was working in a clothing store. Yeah. And, yeah. The interactions with various disrespectful males. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I look for stuff like that. Definitely. I often wonder, though, if I, were to, if I were to go work, like now, if I were to take a part-time job working at Victoria's Secret or H&M or some women's department somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. How many women would come up, up to me with some disrespectful, like, like I'm just going to throw myself at them? No, that's a I'm good gonna... point. Women can be disrespectful. Oh, yeah. Too. No. Like, I think it's a misconception that a lot of people have that men are the only ones who are out here being dogs when it comes to catcalling, etc. Uh, some of you women are vicious. I just want you to know that. Uh... <laughs> For any of the ladies who are listening, I have been disrespected more than a few times in my life. Um, just crazy. Like, women think they can say whatever they want sometimes. And that because we're dudes, we'll just take it. Like, oh, he's a dude. He doesn't care. Like, he doesn't really give. You know, who, he's not. He doesn't respect himself. Like, you can say all kind of nasty things to him. It's not going to bother. No, it does. It actually does. I don't know you. Like, I'm not. Like, nah. You don't get to just say that to me and feel okay. No, not at all. I mean, what's some crazy things that the women have said to you? Oh, wow. Um, can we even talk about it? I mean, and even though we're not rated on, on dude logic, this, we can say what we want to. We're grown, but some things you just don't want to say in polite company. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think most of the things that many guys would get are like the sexual innuendos. Oh, yeah. I'm getting proposi- I've been propositioned for sex outright. Yeah. Like, I don't even know your name yet. You didn't even introduce yourself. And you just, what? Like, it's, come on. I don't know you. <laughs> and it depends on what store you're in. So, like, obviously, stuff happens if you're in a Spencer's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spencer's is a funny place, man. It is a very funny place. And you know what? Of all the stores in the mall that I can just kind of get lost in, Spencer's is one of those places that has enough going on that I can just sit there and read different things while I'm waiting. And yeah. Just, I can keep myself interested and busy in the Spencer's. But the thing is, if you are in Spencer's, and we're talking about the situation if you're with your girl, if you're in Spencer's with your girl, I think that's one of the few stores where you're very Oh, we're engaged. It. Yeah. Yeah. We're engaged. Yeah. Oh, you want to go to Spencer's? Okay. <laughs> Let's, what, why are we going to Spencer's today? What? What new video game, I mean, excuse me, board game slash dice slash <laughs> other things are we going to be buying? Are we buying something? <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's like, yeah. that is the one store where yeah. you're like, yeah, I'll go in there with you, yeah. of course. It's like, you know, it's like one step down from the adult no- novelty shop. Yeah. Like, it's like, all right, I might find something in here that's intriguing. Let's let's go. Um, but you know what? Here's another store that I actually don't mind shopping in and like. Like, really don't mind being there for two, three hours. Bookstore. Yeah, bookstores. In fact, I feel like that's one place where it's sad that the internet has kind of changed the culture. 
of how we buy um, and ebooks. You know, like people have forgotten. A lot of people have forgotten what it's like to go to Barnes and Nobles, yeah, and peruse, like to walk around looking at different things until you find something that sticks out to you and then buying it. Like nowadays, it's so easy to go and download an ebook or it is, you know, go to Amazon or half.com and just find the book that you want and have it sent to you. And three days later, it shows up in your mailbox. Yeah. Um, you know, that's actually why I appreciate it. Like when you're riding on a plane, they would tell you to turn it off. Mm-hmm. But now it's airplane mode. Mm-hmm. So now, oh yeah, obviously you can have your ebooks. Yeah. But I enjoy, you know, being able to sit on a plane with a hardback or paperback book. I like the tactile sensation of having to flip pages. Yeah, yeah. Like while I'm it, it, it makes me feel like I'm actually connecting with the work. Like this is like in my mind and it might be hokey and sentimental or what have you, but you know, a, a writer, someone put their heart and soul into putting this on pen and paper. Like like they either typed it, they did something to put it in, in print for you. Yeah. And they wanted, like, the original intention was for you to read it in print. Like, not on a computer screen. Yeah. And I do like that there's the option of being able to, you know, do your, their, your e-readers or to, you know, even now it's become a big thing. Audio books, you know. Yeah. You know, audible.com, things of that nature. I mean, if you want to hit us up, audible.com, you know. Uh, we'll keep saying stuff like this if you pay us for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like just like we keep saying opinionatedmail.com. Uh-huh. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, opinionatedmail.com and um, dudelogicpodcast.com. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what dudelogicpodcast.com? Mm-hmm. Hmm. What is, what's that? Dude, dudelogicpodcast.com. That's easily the best website on the face of the world. That we know to go check Dude out. DudeLogicPodcast.com, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. DudeLogicPodcast.com. Got it. Yeah. Do I need to spell that? No. No. <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I really enjoy going into a bookstore. And I actually saw something recently. Um, It was it was on, a, I think it was Instagram. And it was a quote, one of those quotes that was on there. And um, it was women saying, you know, I'd rather you walk up to me in a bookstore and offer to buy me a book than to offer to buy me a drink in a club. Like yeah, and I've not. Well, I mean, think about it. think about the insinuation, yeah, of buying a book in the bookstore versus buying a drink in the club. Mm-hmm. Buying a drink in the club, I'm trying to get you drunk. Mm-hmm. Buying a book in the bookstore, I'm trying to get you drunk off knowledge. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think it's just it's it's falling into the social societal norm. When you're in a bar or in a club, people are drinking. Yeah. And it's like, it's the thing that's seen as being, like, it's what you do, right? Like, it's so much to the point where I've gotten, like, women expect to get drinks in a club. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And when you don't provide they them. They don't even bring money, man. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, man. They expect to get in the club without a cover. And they expect to that's get a f- That's a future episode. For real. That might be an AJ's Gripes that turns into an episode. Like, seriously. Yeah. Women... I need for y'all to start expecting to pay for your own stuff when you go out, period. Like, it's ridiculous. You can literally, I have friends who literally go out and have a budget of $5 and have the greatest night of their lives. Like, they go in packs, they show up, even if they have to pay for parking. Let's say it's $10 for parking and four of them go together. Mm-hmm. They all pay two fifty dollars apiece. Yep. Right? If they pay to park. No cover. They don't have to buy drinks because they're dudes who are more than willing to buy them drinks the entire night. Right. 
In Atlanta, the thing is going to Waffle House or some other 24-hour restaurant after you leave the club. More than likely, there's a dude willing to take you to Waffle House and pay for you to eat before you bid him adieu and go home. I'm telling you, man. Or maybe you don't bid him adieu and go home, but you go and do something else. But anyway. So is that an investment then for the dude? If it works out for him, and, uh, if it, you know, but 99 times out of 100, he goes home by himself and it wasn't worth it. I'm not taking that chance. I'm doing that with my wife. I was spending yeah. my money on my wife. That makes sense. You know, you did it right, Chris. But no, nah, like, I and I have women, like friends of mine, who who talk, but they're like they're proud of it. They're like, yeah, I don't have to spend any money. And I'm and they're, they're, they're like, it's crazy. My female friends who are like, yo, let's go to the club, and I'm like, no, because going to the club is two very different things for you and I. Yes, like yes. you can go out and spend no money. I will go out and a hundred dollars will be out of my pocket before I realize it. Yep. Like it's like. Wait, hold on. I had no intention of spending this money. What happened? And you know, I just it's it's one of those situations in which it's completely it's a complete different set of rules for men and women when we're talking about going out on the town. Absolutely. And uh yeah, that's so I think women, that's, women can save that money to I, be able to go shopping. I think that is rife for a chick logic episode. Yeah. Like so out of all of our, our female acquaintances, who's going to be the one to step up to, to talk about what it's like to go out on the town as a woman? We got to find her. Yep. I, y'all might just need to pick up the phone and call us and let us know. If you want to get on, on that one, let me know. And, uh, but, but yeah, dude. So I, they got I, all this money to go shopping now, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why they can go shopping, right? Because they, they haven't spent all their money on some randoms at the bar. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, but... Back to Barnes and Nobles, right? How do you think that would go over? I mean, I, I, I thought that was interesting because I said to myself, would it really work if, if I went up to a woman in Barnes and Nobles and I said, hey, you know, what are you looking to, to read today? Like, what are, you, what are you looking at? Struck up a conversation. That, that'll happen. I've done that before. You can strike up a conversation that, with that somebody in a bookstore. That easily, yeah. But then to offer to buy them the book, you know, how does that play out? Do you think this is a legitimate scenario? And do you think that a woman would respond positively if you did that? I think women respond positively to things that are different in general. Okay. So, yeah, I, I would think so. Okay. Okay, wait, let me see. Let me qualify this. I think that women who are respectable will respond to things that are different. Now, yeah. now you get little, you get little um, Tisha from, from uh, Old Southwest. She might not uh <laughs> gonna buy me a book. Yeah. Yeah. Would Tisha be in Barnes and Nobles perusing? Oh yeah, would Tisha be in Barnes and Nobles? I don't know. Maybe she was looking for a Starbucks, I don't know. Or Shaquita. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she would. Or Shatheed. Or Shatheed. <laughs> Shatheed, yeah. Shatheed. Past episodes. Yep. Um Nah, man. Loquacious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you think those uh like in the episode where we were talking about the thirty five thousand the most unique words in hip hop, like do you think that us when we we use those names, do those count as unique words? Probably. Do names did names count as unique words? They should, yeah. Yeah, that should, right? That counts. Um but yeah, I, I think that if you have uh women who are in a bookstore, they're gonna be women of they're more likely to be women of quality. They obviously appreciate an intellectual pursuit. Reading for the sake of just reading. Uh, or I th- maybe not. 
Yeah, I mean, because Barnes and Noble has things for a school, you know. Yeah, somebody cross made, yeah, yeah cross section of, of society, yeah. but uh, I think you've increased your chances of 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 at least finding someone that's intellectually compatible with you if you uh, both enjoy reading. Yeah, um, it gives you something to talk about. You know, you know what do you enjoy reading? What, what were you looking at today, right? Uh, and you know, when I think about all the things that I've spent my money on for women in the past. Buying them a book would be something that I'd actually not be upset about, ever. Hey, I'm, I'm using that one day. I'm going to get back to you guys about how it goes. You're doing it this weekend. All right. I'll do it Rock. this weekend. I'll do it this weekend. And we should put it on YouTube. We should film it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we should film it. Use anyway. one of those spy cams through the glasses. <laughs> See me get shot down. Hey, bitch, lady, bitch. Oh, my God. Can I buy you a book? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> You know what's sad is if we did that, it would probably it would probably hit ten thousand or ten million views in like three weeks. It's like oh, you are so right. If we did that, oh, we should do that. We should. I don't because it's like such a departure from what you would think. I don't even know if we should put that on the radio show and let somebody steal that idea. (laughs) I think we should, Chris. Like for real. I think we should. I like that. I think we should. Like, you come with the most disrespectful tone yeah, ever. you could film, like, I could have, like, the spy glasses and, and wear that or something, like, something that was incognito, incognito, and you could have, like, the handheld that you can film from a distance, and, uh, like, you know, when it, when it comes over and she's, like, offended, you know, the inevitable, this is, they're offended yeah. moment, you can be like, it's just a joke, you know, we're actually filming it, um... And then uh, I don't know if we want to do this though. I say we do it. I say we strap it up to Ross and let him do it. I mean, yeah, we can let somebody else or or Deshane. <laughs> let them get the brunt of that. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. So Chris, I'm a big fan of the show Dexter. And recently, I finished season eight, the end of the series, and I must say, I was very disappointed. Seriously, Showtime, you need to just do season eight over again. It was awful. It's terrible, and Dexter did not deserve to go out like that. In fact, I think you need to do a director's cut of the entire season eight of Dexter with an altered storyline and try over again. Just do it again. Just do the entire season over again and give Dexter fans the ending that that show deserves. That's AJ's gripes for the week. AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. All right, AJ, you want to close this out? Man. Yeah, I can go ahead and do that. You know, uh, as always, thank you very much for everybody who listened thus far. Keep tuning in. Look out for our next episode next week. Write in. Let us know what you want to hear about because that is how we keep making this show better. You can reach me on Twitter at AJ's Meltdown. That's A-J-S-M-E-L-T-D-O-W-N. You can hit me on my blog at www.ajsmeltdown.com and you can hit me on Instagram at AJ underscore the underscore trainer. Chris, tell the people where you can find us. All right, so uh, you can hit me on Twitter at at CG Skeezy. 
And you can find the podcast on Twitter as well and Instagram at DudeLogicPod. That's at DudeLogicPod. You can go to our website, look for little trinkets, AJ's gripes, all the episodes, links, everything you can imagine is on there, www.DudeLogicPodcast.com. And you can also look us up on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash DudeLogicPod. And email us if you have any suggestions for anything or you just want to yell at us for something that we said on the episode. I really don't care. Email us, dudelogicpodcast at gmail.com. For AJ and Kim, I'm Chris saying goodbye, good night, good morning, whatever time of day you're listening. We appreciate it. See you. <laughs>